We've had some workmen around today. We're getting some new windows and doors. And uh, I get a bit self-conscious when there's workmen around. It feels a bit odd because, you know, there's these people, very confident men, proper men, you know, confident men coming into the house with their boots on. And uh, there was a couple of them. They were talking really loudly and confidently to each other. And it's just really strange. You know, these people have come into my house and they seem more at home in it than I do. They're waltzing up the stairs. I mean, not literally waltzing up the stairs. I mean, oh, yeah, they were very camp workmen. A very camp workman indeed. Uh, we don't mind if we put a little bit of music on too, a little bit of ballet. Let's have a waltz up the stairs. They're more sort of trounced up the stairs, I think. They were quite heavy-footed, you know, no taking their shoes off or anything, just straight up the stairs. I didn't even have to tell them where they were going. They sort of just seemed to know where to go. Right, so we've got two rooms up here, two rooms up here to do. Just chatting away. And then there's me, just awkwardly sitting, trying to catch up on the audio versions of the dollops. But then I became conscious of the fact that they might be hearing me reading it out, and that sort of made me feel a little bit self-conscious. You know, I'm reading out a blog about William Wordsworth while they're chatting about football upstairs. You know, I sort of felt not really like a man, particularly, for whatever that means. You know, I sort of... So there they are, they're trouncing around their boots, and they're happily whistling and singing, and they've immediately gone up the stairs... And then the next thing I hear is music. They've put on, like, a radio or something, and they're listening to some kind of digital rock station or something like that. Oh, yeah, I have no idea. They might have been using their own batteries, and they might have just plugged in into the wall socket, for all I know. Absolutely no idea. Just, ah, set myself up there. And it was just playing non-stop 70s rock. Which is a shame, really. It'd be nice of them to book the trend if they're listening to Radio 3 or Classic FM there. Sort of go against the stereotypes a little bit. Kind of like, oh, bloody brilliant. It's Prokofiev, mate. Second symphony. Absolutely brilliant. In the same key as me drill. Absolutely. Absolutely brilliant. And they were singing along and hammering away and drilling away and the music's blurring there. I'm thinking, my goodness. <laughs> and they must do this all the time. They must just turn up at people's houses and, you know, they're so used to it that it doesn't feel alien to them. It's just a house. They'll just turn up with a radio, sing away. At one point I asked one of them if he'd like a cup of tea. No, I'm all right, thanks, mate. And then I thought, right, mate, yeah, of course, that's the... I don't usually use the word mate, but I felt, you know, I'm communicating here with some proper men. You know, they're trouncing up my stairs, they're making lots of noise, they're farting, they're no pretense, no concern, no self-consciousness. And there's me, trying to communicate with them, trying... I, sh I should really be authoritative in some way. I should be like, right, lads... This is what needs doing. Let me, uh, a bit more assertive. But I wasn't. They just came to the door. We're here to do all your doors and windows, mate. Yeah, yes, yes, okay. Right, we're up the stairs, up the stairs, Tommy. Come on, this way. And I'm there, my goodness. No formalities, no introductions, nothing. Straight up the stairs. So I asked him if he wants a cup of tea. But he was saying mate all the time. He was saying mate to his mates. All right, mate. Right, I'll be your mates. We're going this way, mate. Right, start drilling there, mate. So I thought, right, okay, I've got a chance to claw it back here. I don't want them to think I'm some namby-pamby talking about William Wordsworth sitting there all self-conscious. They, they can tell it, they can tell. But I'm going to redeem myself from here. I'm going to show them what a proper man I am. So I thought, right, I'm going to start using their language. I'm going to start using mate. I don't normally say mate, but I'm going to say mate. So I did, but I lost my bottle. I got a bit self-conscious again. I was like, and would your, um, do you think your mate might like a cup of tea? Oh, a cup of tea, that's the first thing. You don't say cup of tea, you just say a brew. A brew, that's what I should have said, shouldn't I? Or a cuppa, eh? But I also, I paused on the word mate as well. Why did I pause? It made it sound like I was suggesting that there's something more going on. And would your mate like a cup of tea? So I felt all embarrassed. I could feel myself going red. Oh, I don't know, mate, you can go and ask him. He's laughing. I thought, is that no, just a normal no? Was there a slight laugh there in the voice, like he knows what I'm doing? He's like, oh, of course he knows. Is there still time to redeem myself? So I holler up the stairs. I holler up the stairs at him. Try to come a tea, mate! Yes! That was it. That was a proper one. Now he's going, oh my God, 
I thought this man was crippled by social anxiety. I thought he wasn't a real man. I thought he was a namby-pamby. I thought he was one of them. But now, listen to that voice of authority straight away. I thought, my goodness, I've got the respect of this one now. I've redeemed the situation. Everything's back on track. Unfortunately, that's not what anyone was thinking at all. Because the man who had been upstairs all the time had just literally come down the stairs. And I hadn't realised this. I think, I'm going to shout him from up the stairs. That was going to be a voice of authority. That'll, that'll show them. So I put my head around the door and just shout. At which point I hear a yell. Granted, it was a manly yell. And the shock of that yell makes me yell. Not so manly. Ooh! I basically just shouted in this man's ear. Thinking he was still up the stairs, I've just now shouted at the top of my voice, Want a cup of tea, mate? Right in his face. Now goodness knows what he thinks of me. I think I preferred it when he thought I was crippled by social anxiety. Now he's thinking I'm just weird. So obviously I had to explain the whole blindness thing. I thought about trying to gain some extra man points by pretending that maybe I said, oh, I got blinded in a welding accident, mate. You know how it is. You know, you're doing a bit of welding. Next to thing, a bit of wood flies into my eye. You know, the thing is, it was probably quite painful, but, uh, yeah, I'm one of these people who just sort of rides through the pain, really, and that was in some ways my downfall. Whereas most people, the doctor told me, while he uh, tried to produce the piece of wood out of my eye with a pair of tweezers, it was in really deeply. Normally they would use anaesthetic and uh, put you to sleep, but uh, anaesthetic, or as I call it, anaesthetic. Because <laughs> anyone who takes it to numb the pain and make them go to sleep is, quite frankly, pathetic. <laughs> I mean, I might be a proper man, but I can still appreciate a good bit of wordplay. But I wasn't having any of that. I was having a bit of a chat with the doctor while he was uh, taking the wood out of my eye. And uh, he said to me, most people, would the pain would have been so much that they would have gone straight to the hospital, but not me. I thought, you know, I could jazz this up a little bit. Maybe I could still redeem the situation. But I decided not to. I decided just to just accept that I'm not one of these men. I'm not a... But I shouldn't let it get to me. I don't know why I feel so self-conscious in these situations. I don't know what it is within me that feels like this. Whenever there's work or builders around but I've got absolutely no authority and they must see this all the time they must see men like me being cowed by the situation you know it's not as if I'm not a man of the world you know I've, I've done stuff you know what I mean I've, why would I need validation what am I seeking to be validated you know I've got a job you know I've got somewhere to live I've got friends I slept with a woman once you know what I mean what do I have to prove I'm a man oh and as I say goodbye to you hello Elsa I say hello to Elsa. I shall be back tomorrow with dollop 325. Right, okay. I bit my lip, but I'm not sure if it counts. I'm not sure if it counts because I sneezed and then bit my lip. And it was the force of the sneeze that made my head go forward and then I bit my lip. So I'm not sure that counts as an accidental lip bite. Obviously, I didn't do it on purpose, but there was a reason for that. There was some causality that I can attribute it to. Whereas what I'm talking about is just when I'm eating and then bang, I've bit my lip. So I'm not sure if that counts. I'm, I'm adding it to the database. Oh, sorry. I just have to... Yes, I have to type in the password. I forgot. I've obviously secured this database quite quite well because I want to make sure that nobody hacks into it and starts messing with the results because it is uh, there'll be some people jealous of my success here and don't want the truth to get out so there we are add it to the database there we are fear not people the result is in so let's think so obviously I bit my lip in dollop 260 I mean you'll remember this dollop nerds I don't want to take up more of your time than is necessary but I'm just recapping this for the people who aren't dollop nerds and maybe can't remember because there's some people who listen to the dollops they're not going to remember all these 
points. I know they're important points, but some people just, they don't give the dollops their full attention. They don't immerse themselves in the dollops as much as you do. And I appreciate that, but I've just got to recap for those people. I know it's frustrating. It's like um, with Harry Potter, isn't it? Where, you know, J.K. Rowling, every single book was like, oh, Harry's a wizard. And we're like, we know Harry's a wizard. Get on with the story. He's got magic powers. We know he's got magic powers. He has a scar on his head. We know that. Get on with it. You know, if people haven't had the foresight to read the previous books, that's not my fault. Don't punish me. I know, I know. Now I'm doing the same as J.K. Rowling there. And there are rumours going around that I will be releasing a play version of David's Daily Digital Dollop. Yes, I, w I will be doing that. Uh, I'm planning on doing that next year. And uh, I'll let you know as soon as the phone lines are open for that. Uh, David's Daily Digital Dollop is called The Cursed Eagle. Um, <laughs> it's about David Eagle decides to do a challenge where he releases a dollop once every day for 366 consecutive days. And he's essentially cursed himself. So that's why it's called The Cursed Eagle. Hilarious stuff going on right now, but we digress. Um, you know, comedy is one thing, but we're on a serious subject here of uh, the lip biting, aren't we? So sorry about that. Uh, let's get back to the subject at hand. So I first bit my lip, obviously, in dollop 260. I then bit my lip in dollop 301. And in dollop 260, I intimated that I thought I bit my lip once every six weeks, once every 40 days or so. So it just so happened that I was proven right when in dollop 301, I bit my lip. So that was 41 days after dollop 260. So now we're on dollop 326 and I bit my lip due to a sneeze, but I'm not sure if that counts as an accidental lip bite or not. But I've written in the database, we'll see what happens, but it does technically mean that I should bite my lip again in the next five or six days. But of course, does it now mean that because I bit my lip already, has that changed something maybe within my brain and I now won't bite my lip again? that sort of reset it maybe i don't know how the system works I and mean, we're very much in early days here but of course i will keep you abreast well we're not we're not worried about breasts at the moment but any breast biting incidents accidental breast biting incidents i mean that's another thing altogether and i don't think i've got the resources to be able to do breast biting accidental breast biting and accidental mouth biting i'm going to stick with the mouth biting if someone else wants to do a, an ancillary project a side project there then feel free anyway so basically we're keeping the research going that's the whole point of that so i just wanted to spend today updating you on that in the next half hour we should have the windows and doors bend back they're coming back for a second day and we've also got a plumber coming around because our boiler's packed up so a plumber's coming around they should be all there at the same time i'm just wondering what's going to happen you know the workmen a couple of days ago obviously they had the radio on the go and they were whistling and singing along is the plumber going to arrive at the radio as well and set it up I mean, God, I'm a bit worried that there's going to be some sort of domestic incident where they kind of fight over who has the right to have the radio, some disagreement over what radio station to use, and there's me. Just sort of stood there awkwardly thinking, well, actually, I'd prefer if none of you listen to the radio because I'm trying to record a dollop. But uh, too fearful to say that, despite the fact that it's my own house. I just hope nothing else is going to break. Let's just hope the electrics don't go or something like that because I can't cope with another person. My house is going to be overrun by uh, manly men who are solving problems. And before you think, you've been a bit sexist there, David, saying it would be... A, a man plumber. I know it's a man plumber because I've spoken to him. He's called Keith. I also think that if the plumber had come at a separate time, then obviously I'd have a bit of a chance to kind of improve my whole talk with these people. You know, I could have said, like, mate, I could have established some authority. You know, I could say, right, okay, take your boots off at the door. Let's uh, get to work. Let me just show you the ropes. Let me show you where everything is. Here's the boiler. You know, he probably knows where the boiler is. It doesn't matter. I'd be the one who said, right, come with me. Let me show you things. The water tank's up here, mate. Oh, yeah, I'd be calling him mate. I'd have all that sorted. I might even venture into PAL, do the occasional PAL. But that would be ideally what I would do. I would have learnt from what happened a couple of days ago. Then the plumber came round. I'd be able to assert my authority. I'd call him mate, maybe learn a few facts about the football. I'd just get some salient points about the football. Who's top?
top of the league. Bit of stuff about Sheffield Wednesday, maybe, and Sheffield United. Obviously, I'd need to know about both of those things because he might see he's a Sheffield United supporter. So I'm like, oh, the bloody Wednesday. <laughs> bloody Wednesday. Hey, don't get me started on the Wednesday, mates. But ironically, even though they've got the name Wednesday in their name, uh, they play more like a Sunday league football club, don't they? <laughs> I call them Sheffield Sunday. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. Obviously, I would only want to do that if they were United supporters. I wouldn't want to do that if they were Wednesday supporters. So it's things like that that I could have had down pat. But unfortunately, because they're all going to be there at the same time, the two workmen and the plumber, I can't really stamp my authority on the situation. I can't really address the plumbers. How are you doing, mate? Come this way, mate. You see the game last night? Let me show you where the tank is, mate. Right, here's the tank in this cupboard here. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> As you can see, I've got all my pawn mags all over the place. I should have really put those away. Bit embarrassing, eh? But we're only men, aren't we, eh? <laughs> now, how about a jar, eh? How about a jar? A, a brew? Hey, a cuppa. How about a cuppa, mate? You want a cuppa, pal? Let's get a cuppa inside here. That's what I could do. That's how men talk. I've sort of got it now. I've got it. But unfortunately, because the other workmen from a couple of days ago are going to be there and they saw me, my terrible performance a couple of days ago, I'm not going to be able to do that because they're going to go, yeah, he's, he's faking it, mate. They're going to see right through it. They'll laugh at me and they'll undermine my credibility. So I'm a little bit self-conscious about it. I'll try my best not to be as self-conscious. Maybe I can redeem the situation. I'll let you know how it goes anyway. What I thought I would talk about today is, if you remember Dollop Nerds, in Dollop 306, which was, of course, entitled... Dollop Nerds? Yeah, well done. Song Charades, which is where you act out a song and people have to guess what the song is. So you act out a song title and people have to guess which song it is that you're acting out. And I did one, and Sean got it instantly. Let us revisit that moment right now. Clink, clink, clink. <laughs> the sound of bottles every morning as I deliver... To your doll. Hello, sir. Hello. I am here once again, the person who delivers with the bottles outside your doll. Let me not just provide you with the essential dairy product that you have been seeking. It's I have honey. also yes, because I was going to do some kind deeds. I was going to milkman of human kindness. I was going to offer to. Uh, would you like me to do any ironing? That kind of thing. So, uh, well done with me. I didn't even have to do the kindness bit. You got it. Okay, so that was really quick. I didn't really have to get onto the bit about doing kind things. But straight away, Sean got the milkman of human kindness, Billy Bragg. So we've been doing this thing at the singing weekends, and I've been acting out songs, and people have to guess which song it is. Last week, it took them absolutely ages to get it. Bearing in mind that Sean got it within the first few seconds, this took absolutely ages. There was 45 people in this room. It took them bloody ages. Click, click. Here I am again with your morning delivery. But rather than just delivering your standard groceries and dairy products, is there anything else that I can oblige you with? Maybe I could take the dog out for a walk, do some ironing. For more, I am more. Has anyone buzzed yet? For I am more than a simple man who delivers dairy products. I am... Three. Yes? Three. The fastest built one in the West. No. Instead of delivering your dairy products and just doing that, I would like to perform a variety of ancillary tasks. For instance, now I don't, i give you a clue, I don't want to show off, but I am a very altruistic person. I wouldn't want to show off about this. Some people uh, may... I come round every morning. I come round... <laughs> 
I come now clinking my bottles, which you will drink from, but I would like to oblige you by performing some altruistic tasks for you, for I am more than a deliverer of dairy products. The what? The kind milkman! The kind milkman! Who's going? Who's buzzing? What's that one? Milkman of human kindness. Yes! Yes! Well done, a kind milkman. Strange how different people's minds work. Then again, me and Sean do spend so much time with each other, we probably can read each other's minds, so... But anyway, that reminds me of a little story. It was quite a few years ago now. I was in Scarborough with my now housemate, Ben. But I was visiting Ben, and I was staying over at his house, and we needed to get some milk. So we went to the shop, got some milk, and then we walked to the counter, and I hear the lady say, OK, so that's two pints of milk. So I say to Ben, oh, I'll get this. So I handed the woman the change, and I could hear him trying to protest. There's only a couple of pints of milk. There's no point protesting about it. No, I said, no. Oh, it's fine, it's on me. It's your lucky day, the woman says to Ben. He said, all right, well, there you go, and here's your change. And I didn't really want the change. I was trying to get rid of change. So I said to Ben, oh, it's all right, you have the change. And he began to protest again. I was like, no, no, seriously, mate, hit the change. And then... Two things happened simultaneously. First thing was I suddenly became aware that this didn't really sound like Ben's voice. And the second thing was I suddenly heard Ben come up behind me and was like, right then, let's pay for this, and put the milk and something else on the counter. He hadn't just walked straight to the counter. What he'd done is he got the milk and then he went to get something else. What I saw was Ben grabbed the milk just as this other man grabbed the milk, and then I saw someone walk to the counter, about Ben's shape and size, followed this person who I thought was Ben to the counter, and then I heard the woman say, so, just the milk then? And then said the price of the milk. Obviously, thinking it was Ben, I just put the money into the woman's hand. I was like, oh, I'll pay for this. And then when the man protested, I sort of didn't really cotton on. He didn't really say that much. He's like, oh, no, no, something like that. And I was like, oh, don't be silly, don't be silly. Uh, I'll get this. So then I gave the woman some money. She tried to give him the change. She said, no, no, you keep the change, my friend. <laughs> and I thought, point at Ben, who isn't Ben. So goodness knows what this man's thinking at this point but I was so shocked by the fact that Ben was now behind me and I'd paid for the wrong person I didn't really manage to explain what was going on I just started laughing um, if you've heard other stories of similar confusion you'll know that that tends to be what happens and then I can't explain myself because I'm now laughing at which point the man's phone in front of me rings so he answers the phone and he toddles off I can't remember if he picked up the change or not I think he might have just left it on the counter and then the woman gave it to Ben thinking right this man's obviously mad laughing hysterically he's paying for people's things on a whim telling them to keep the change but anyway the man's phone rang and he answered it as he walked out of the shop I could hear him saying mate the strangest thing's just happened <laughs> And he obviously was starting to tell the story about this odd guy who just paid for someone's milk and then told them to keep the change. And then laughed hysterically in their face when they tried to protest. <laughs> so I was the milkman of human kindness that day. We had a comment from Phil, who's got a suggestion for David's Daily Digital Dollop, the musical. He s suggested, anyway, that we do the chicken dollop, the vegan chicken, the fake chicken. If you didn't need the dollop from a few dollops ago, you won't know what I was referring to here. But basically, I was talking about the fact that there are things out there on the vegetarian market now that seems to try to emulate the meat experience as much as possible. So it tries to emulate the taste and the texture of meat, but also you can actually now get fake chickens that have bones inside them. Not real bones, obviously, but wooden bones. And that just seems ridiculous to me. So I was just saying, well, why don't we go the whole corn hog and have a chicken that you can actually chase around the room and wring its neck and have all the blood and the guts. Obviously, it would be fake blood and fake guts, but you can have the experience of slaughtering a chicken without actually slaughtering a chicken. And I talked about that in quite graphic detail and Phyllis suggested that we make 
make that into David's Jerry Digital Doll at the musical. I think he was thinking more from a theatrical standpoint there about how it would look visually uh, in the theatre. And I think maybe there is something to be said, Phil, for if David's Jerry Digital Doll at the musical went to theatre, then I think that would be a good scene. And maybe we could do it in two parts. Maybe the first half could be the domestic appliances, the killer domestic appliances idea. So the kettles chasing after me, pouring boiling water over me, the fax machine or the printer printing out death threats on pieces of paper that then hems me into the room and I have to try and escape. You know, the doors are all controlled now by computers so the doors can lock to stop me escaping. The vacuum cleaner tries to suck me up. The iron comes at me, scalding me with steam and trying to iron me to the ground. All these ideas. That would be the first half, maybe. I mean, that would be a gripping drama. And then the second half could all be about the uh, this crazy scientist and inventor who becomes a vegetarian but wants to experience what it's like to kill animals without killing animals. And he becomes more and more obsessed with this idea and brings out a lot of toys for vegans that give vegetarians and vegans the opportunity to kill without killing. But maybe he gets dragged into this world so much, then he thinks, oh, but whatever I create isn't going to replace the real thing. And he loves it. He he tries to make more and more of a real-life experience, but by doing it, he goes to the slaughterhouses and he sees what it's like to have animals killed because he needs to in order to make the experience as close to real life as possible. Then he decides that the only way he can actually understand what it's like is to actually slaughter an animal. And so it goes further and further on. Obviously, that's going to be quite contentious. He gets caught up in this world of where he's become a staunch vegan and vegetarian and now he's just obsessed with killing animals. I mean... He'll just kill anything. By the end of the the whole thing, by the end of the uh, musical, he's killing anything. He's, like, killing his neighbour's dog. He's killing all the cats down the street and that kind of thing. He's just killing animals. And then maybe... And then he starts killing humans, maybe. He starts killing people. So I quite like the idea of that. And maybe one of the things he does as well is make toys for cannibals so they can pretend that they're chasing down people. And it all gets very sinister. I like that. It's kind of like... It's almost like the two of those things are like quite Black Mirror, aren't they? Like Charlie Brooker's Black Mirror. You can imagine them being in something like that. I think those would be good ideas, actually, for David's Jelly Digital Adult the Musical. I am doing the dishes as I speak, as I'm about to head off to the singing weekend. And I don't have very long before I need to set off. And I'm not sure what the Wi-Fi is going to be like. So I've got to try and upload this before I go. I uh, went to the hairdressers today, to the barbers. Bloody hell. And I didn't know where the barbers was. I was just following my instructions on my phone, the instructions from the sat-nav. But obviously it only gets you so close. And I probably got about 20 to 50 yards away. But then I needed to know where to go from there. So I was hoping that I could ask someone. Anyway, about a few hundred yards away. And then this woman runs up to me and shrieks, Stop! Stop! You're going to walk into a car! You're going to walk into a car! Which I wasn't going to walk into a car because I knew the car was there and I was ready to move around it. I mean, I wasn't even anywhere near the car. I was, I'd seen the car. I was just about to move. And I, I get confused because I don't know what people think in these situations. Like, they don't, I suppose they don't know how far I've walked, but like, surely they must realise that I have walked in the past and that I don't look battered and bruised. Surely because you also can see that I've just walked across a pretty busy road without any problems whatsoever. So she knows I've come from that way because I've just stepped off the busy road. So she knows that I've made that, presumably without any help whatsoever. I suppose there isn't really anything going through her mind. I suppose she's just working on it like it's a visceral thing. She sees me, she goes, oh my god, blind man, car! Ah, you're gonna walk into the car! But I can understand if I was right, it was a perilous situation. But what we're talking about here is we're talking about a car that's parked. We're not talking about anything dangerous here. All that would have happened is I was just, I wasn't even walking massively fast. It was not like I was gonna go headlong into the car. 
It's not like I was running at the top speed. The only thing that would happen, if anything, is my foot would hit the tyre first, and that would be it. And I'd go, oh, there's a car there. So this woman didn't apply any logic. I was about 20 yards away from the car, and she's like, shy, you're going to walk into the car. Anyway, bearing in mind she's done that and taken me round this car. And she said, oh, so where are you going? And I thought, brilliant, I'm going to get some help now, because I'm probably about just 100 yards or so away from the barbers. I knew it was around here. And I thought, brilliant, well, she's obviously a very conscientious woman. Um, you know, she's overly conscientious, unfortunately. But, you know, you know, the good news is she's going to be able to tell me where the barbers is and I'll find, I'll find the way, because the sat nav's only going to get me so close that I need to find out where the door is. So I said, oh, well, um, I'm looking for the barbers, actually. I think it's somewhere along here. And bearing in mind, she's been overly cautious at this point. She stopped me from walking into a car that I wasn't going to walk into. She then goes, oh, it's just down there on the right, love. You can't miss it. And she just walks away. And I've talked about this before. What gets me isn't the fact that people help. It's the fact that it frustrates me often when people think it's good to help. And I, I know that people can't be mind readers, not rightly know, but it just, surely there's an element of logic here. Like, I wasn't going to walk into the car. I wasn't nowhere near the car, and I wasn't going to walk into the car. But for some reason, she thought that she, I needed her help in that moment. Desperately needed her help. But when I actually more or less asked for help, saying, oh yeah, I'm, I'm looking for the barbers, do you know where it is? Rather than going, oh yeah, I'll just walk you down, you know, it'll take me, what, 30 seconds out of my way or something. It didn't cross her mind that I would need her help in that regard. She just went, oh yeah, you can't miss it, love. Like, I can't miss it, but I, how can I not miss the barbers, but I can miss the massive car that's in front of me? So then I had to try and find someone else to find the barbers. It reminds me of another time that I was looking for a barbers. This is when I was in Manchester, and I knew there was a few like hairdressers and barbers along this stretch of road. And so I asked this man where the barbers was, and I said, oh, I think there's a barbers just over here, isn't there? And he said, oh yeah, mate, you don't want to go to that one. And I was like, oh, all right, okay. And he sort of lowered his voice and went, it's an Asian barbers. And I don't know what he meant by that. Is it, it was like a racist thing? Like, oh, you don't want your hair cut by an Asian, do you? Hey, oh, yeah. oh was he saying that they specialise in different styles and they won't be able to cut my British white hair? They, they won't know what's hit it. I'll walk in there and they'll be like, what the, what the hell's this? We can't, we've never, we, don't, we can't deal with this kind of hair. I don't know if that's what he was meaning, but it was just the way he sort of said it. And then, it, but he said it as if I should understand what he was talking about. As if I was going to go, oh yeah, <laughs> thanks for that, mate. That could have been a bit awkward, couldn't it, eh? Going to an Asian barber's. I don't even know what an Asian barber's is. I'd have thought an Asian barber's would be perfect, actually. Bearing in mind I was going in there for an Urdu. <laughs> Uh, if there are any Asian barbers listening, feel free to use that one there. I'm not sure if it would work as well written down. It would sort of spoil it written down, wouldn't it? It would have to be spoken. I'm sure the Asian barbers listening will appreciate that because, uh, I mean, I don't know if you're aware of this, but people in India love wordplay. That's why they call it the Punjab. Punjab. Um... <laughs> Anyway, so I got into the hairdressers, it's barbers in Sheffield, we were having a bit of a chat and I said something to the woman that made her laugh, which is a big mistake. You don't want to make a hairdresser laugh too much, because she started to laugh, but she still had the scissors in her hand, uh, on, on my hair, and it was, she was sort of yanking my hair backwards and forwards as she laughed. You know, and sometimes, obviously, I, I'm quite a hilarious man. And I was worried. I thought, my goodness, you know, if this had been anybody else, then she probably wouldn't be laughing that much. But this is me we're talking about here. She can't control herself, and she's got scissors in her hand. And she seems to have forgot that she's got scissors in her hand, and now she's just... And that they're attached to my head. And now she's just laughing, and she's rocking backwards and forwards, and my hair's, my head's going backwards and forwards. And I might, I might be killed here by my own joke. My own joke might kill me. It's song time, ladies and gentlemen. I've got a song to share with you. It's called Do The Maths. 
It's the song of a maths geek who is going through relationship problems. So in a desperate attempt to try and salvage his relationship and to understand his girlfriend, he treats his situation like a mathematical equation and sets to work trying to solve it. In this song, my friends, he lays bare his heart to us and eventually comes to a conclusion, all the while showing us his workings as he goes. So essentially it's just your standard cliche pop song really. And I did say on one of the dollops that I'll be releasing this song next week. And that was Dollop Nerds, you probably remember, Dollop 22. Well done, if you got that Dollop Nerds, feel free to give yourselves a dollop point there. Remember that dollop points can be exchanged for free psychiatric consultation time. Which, if you got that question right and you could remember which dollop it was, you probably need. But I haven't really had much time off. This song, in a way, is seven years in the making. I haven't been painstakingly working on it for seven years, so don't get, don't get too excited. It's not going to be that good. But I wrote it when I was 24. I had a relationship breakup. And for some reason, this song came out of it. I'm not sure why. Sometimes just songs form fully fledged in the head. So I went from being all despondent about this relationship breakup to being really excited about the fact that I'd come up with this song. And so then I started working on it and it was all in bits and pieces. I've gone through several computers since then. So there were bits scattered on all sorts of different hard drives. So I managed to find the instrumental track and some vocals and I recorded some vocals a few months ago and I finally had a couple of days off so I've got round to actually putting it all together and this is the result of that. So I'm not going to say anything at the end of the song because it's, you know, it's going to be quite emotional. It's going to be quite dramatic. And when the song ends, you know, you probably, you might have tears in your eyes, you know, you'll be overwhelmed by what you've just heard. You'll be transported into another world, and I, I don't really want to break that by going, oh, thank you very much for listening. This is myself, David Eagle, with Do The Maths. You and me seem to be in a binary relationship It's on, off, on, off, on At times you treat me as if I'm nothing And then you tell me I'm the one from bliss to misery, it's hard to see if there's really a point. And if we decimalized our lives, then would this just keep recurring, 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 recurring? Cause you're a fraction of the girl you used to be. Although you never did things by halves. And since the answers you won't give to me. Work it out, 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 work it out
logical You leave me in states of why We keep going around in circles And I don't think it's solvable Using pie and I give you my hard time and time again But how much longer can I go on persisting? Mass is based on logic That's why I want to try and use the system I am searching for a formula As if the answers are out there to find But it'll take more than a scientific calculator To understand your mind Cause you're a complicated equation And you keep leading me down the dark path And do I even have the time or inclination Try and do the maths To try and do the maths Work it out, work it out So we can work it out Work it out, work it out We can work it out Work it out, work it out We can work it out Work it out Yeah, baby, baby, we can work it out Work it out, work it out Can we work it out Work it out, work it out Can we work it out Work it out, work it out Can we work it out Work it out Baby, maybe we can work it out you tell me you want us to be together, then you go off on a complete tangent And all I really wanted was a clear sign I need to know, do you see us as a core? I really need to understand your mind Cause you're the kind of conundrum that we'd have even Carol Vorderman Clamouring for clues in a complete cold sweat I'm all in sixes and sevens Searching for solutions, but so far I don't seem to be close to solving any of it yet Oh, my maths teacher at school said if you want to solve a complicated mathematical equation You get a piece of paper, you get a pen And you break it down The numbers that you gave me I put them into my calculator I pressed the equals key The answer it gave me I won't be seeing you later Our number is up You're an impossible equation I can't work you out You're just far too complex Now the only thing I know for sure Is that it's you That equals X But I can't help wondering why. 